0: What's next? what's next? Next up. It's the next man up. Next up. The next step will
1: take the next step. Next up. Next up.
0: Next Next up. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up with Stan Norfleet and Chris
1: Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Next. next,
2: next. Here we go, kicking things off on a Monday. Hyattop River Oaks. It's April Gordy, April 3rd, at Stan Sportsman here. To my left in his customary position, that is at Chris Gordy. Of course, we are at Sports Talk 790. Here's my man Trey Campbell. He's sitting in there on the other side of that screen, very large screen here inside the studio. As uh, we thank Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, Ryan Money for getting us going here starting each and every day right here on sports talk 790 your home for houston sports Gordy, good weekend for you good to see you man how's everything in your world
0: it was good man. it was a fun fun weekend of uh all the final four stuff in town uh the minute Maid park i was i was at the ballpark god friday saturday and sunday uh saturday I walked over to george r brown got to see the uh the fan fest for the final four i did not make it over there how was that it's Francis. cool, man. They had a ton of ton of families and kids stuff. You know, uh, like not just basketball stuff. They had stuff where you could like uh, throw a football, swing a baseball bat. I mean, they got all kinds of fun stuff over there for the kids. So if y'all haven't been over there, I'd encourage everybody uh, go check that out to, with uh, with the family. A lot of stuff going on. There are a lot of celebrities coming through and signing autographs. I ran into uh, John Calipari on Saturday. Coach to, Cal, that's my man. Got to chat with him for a bit, and then. Um, They, they had, there were two lines of people lined up. Like, what are these people here for? One, one line was uh, there to get Vince Carter autographs. Another one was for Penny Hardaway. They weren't coming for four hours. I was like, you guys going to stand here for four hours to yeah, get this Carter's yeah, autograph? Yeah, so, Fleet, Fleet's not doing that. So there was all that going on. I got over to NRG on Friday to watch the uh, the two teams sh- or, or the four teams at the time shoot, shoot, around. shoot around. Yeah, did you see that? Uh, UConn had the most fan support and probably rightfully so. They're the biggest brand uh, in there and. Uh, Saturday, I, I was at Minute Maid Park for a while. I was gonna go over to NRG, and at the end of the day, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go home and watch the games. I just mm. I don't want to battle all that craziness." But what a finish in the San Diego State FAU game felt awful for FAU, mm. uh, and then UConn just disposed of Miami, so that one was was fun. But uh, uh,
2: yeah, let me let me jump in and, and, and start there. Uh, and by the way, for those of you that can not see, Gordy. Gordy has a reputation of going to sporting events. He must get merch. Yeah. You get a tea, a sweatshirt, a polo. Every time there's an event, you have to represent. And I appreciate your support in doing so. Before we go hardcore on the game, and yes, we will discuss the women's tournament, the number one trending thing in sports right now is two women's basketball players collegiately arguing and showmanship. So that's what everybody's talking about. So we're going to talk about it as well. But a backdrop to... City of Houston, this is the first major event that I've been a member of the media in covering. And so in talking to people moving around the city, it is overwhelming. Houston might be the best site to do anything sports related. Houston can host fights, the Super Bowl, All-Star, obviously Final Four, like, Gordy, does that make you uncomfortable? Because a lot of people say that about New Orleans as well. But I just feel like the infrastructure in Houston can handle all the stuff. I mean, think about yesterday. Yesterday, Gordy, you've got Astros. As soon as Astros wrap up, and we will get to that as well, because there's some things over there that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with. I'm not going to panic, but I'm uncomfortable. So you got Astros. Lakers in town. I'm out at Chapman and Kirby downtown, and we're watching – um LSU and I won the national championship. I took a break. I scanned over to the phone and watched the Roughnecks. Roughnecks are having a tough stretch right now. So Gordy, all of this is going on, and it felt like there to me there was not a log jam of traffic. It felt like Houston handled everything comfortably. And the response, the restaurants, everybody just seems like it's business as usual. I like that. I'm proud of that. You feel good about that?
0: Yeah. Uh, the big part of it is that NRG is kind of over on the south side on its own. Yeah. So if NRG was downtown, I think you'd have way more of a log jam. I will say, I mean, trying to get around downtown on Saturday, you know, they block off the whole area by GRB right. and... uh what is it avenida houston yeah, whatever it's correct, called correct. so all that is kind of you know it's hard to navigate if you're staying at a hotel downtown just uber i mean it's it's hard to, to be able mm-hmm. to drive around and park and all that but yeah i think a big part of it is just everything kind of being separated that way um it does make it a little bit more of a pain though because you know with so many events going on at george r brown and so many events going on at, at nrg you gotta have a car to get around i mean you can't yeah. if somebody's like take the light around I'm like i'm mm, like how many out of towners are going to come and have to deal with the light rail and try to go back and forth?
2: So essentially, you say that my guys, uh, my guys came in from Phoenix. I had some guys come in from Charlotte. Some guys came in from Atlanta, and the, some guys from Detroit. And so they're telling the media to use the light rail to get from downtown hotel to NRG. I did not make my way over to NRG. I just felt like it was going to be a cluster. But I hear the attendance was decent. Where did we get ticket prices wise? What were the ticket prices by the time we tipped off? I didn't even look.
0: They were still lower than uh, the women's game. The women's game, by the time the women were tipping off, it was over a hundred something bucks just to get in the door. Uh, The men's game, I mean, I I heard you could still right at tip time you could still get in for under 100 bucks into nrg
2: so i'm looking at it right now so connecticut obviously the national championship for the men tonight we will discuss the women's national championship from yesterday uconn favored by seven and i was trying to see what the ticket prices were go okay here we go tickets as low as 52 dollars to get into the game tonight yeah makes sense I heard that the women's game uh, and for those that don't know the, the women's national championship and their final four rather was uh, up in or is up in Dallas as they wrap up and who won that game. By the way? Way? Okay, Gordy, take you a couple minutes and get you. I, I was thinking that that thing I said Gordy is going to be insufferable tomorrow. LSU gets their first ever women's national championship. Congratulations, First championship
0: Gordon. in all of basketball. That's what's mind-blowing. That's awesome. is a program that had everybody from Pete Maravich to Bob Pettit to Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. I yeah. mean, all the greats that have come through there. Ben Simmons. We'll just throw him in there. Um, you forget Ben Simmons <laughs> was there for six minutes. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, all the great players that have come through, and they've never been past the Final Four. Uh, and then they get to a championship and then win it. It just shows ridiculous. I mean, Kim Mulkey's ridiculous. She's a Hall of Fame coach. And like her, love her, hate or whatever... She gets results, and she got she got those girls believing that they could win a championship. And she kept saying all year, like temper expectations. This is we're still building. This is going to take time to build. Well, now she's blown all those expectations out of the water. Wins a championship in year two. It's just it's all it's unbelievable. And I just wonder. Like, who is there, could you do that in the men's game? In this day and age of the transfer portal and big time, McDonald's All-American recruits and all that. We might be getting ready to watch it. Can Florida. you do that very quickly? And, yeah. San Diego
2: State, if, let's just say they win tonight. Yeah. It's going to be one of those stories. Uh, a, a veteran, bigger team, a uh, lot of experience. And, I mean, this is a five and a four seed anyway. I just felt like.
0: I thought you were going to go to the route of of, uh, of Dan Hurley. I think, what, he's year three. F- is it year three or you year five at, at UConn, but mm-hmm. um you know Kevin Ollie wins wins it uh a decade ago and then oh, I see where you he goes in there and UConn has turned this thing around pretty quickly and mm-hmm. I expect UConn to win it tonight.
2: What did uh, Hurley say? Hurley said that someone asked him how did he get UConn in this position. He said it's real simple. I have three NBA players and the rest of the roster is built to support them. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, that's Pretty smart in the way you go about it. I was going somewhere else. Oh, so Saturday, I appreciate uh Echo Park, the Southwest Freeway location. Shout out there. Had a chance to talk some ball with um Doug Gottlieb. You hear him on Fox Sports Radio. We uh, through syndication, we air some of that programming from time to time based on what's going on with the rest of the teams. I hear that Gottlieb's in the building today. Really, really enjoyed hanging out, talking with some some ball with Doug Gottlieb. That was cool. People at Echo Park did a great job. Thank you for their invitation. Housekeeping wise, uh, Toyota Center that
0: was ugly yesterday. Yeah, they were kind of the.
2: Uh, I know every time I say Toyota Center, you look up like Stan, Stop it. Don't well, do
0: it. It, I mean, look, we're just we're literally counting down the days. It's it's Sunday is the uh, is the final game, yep. and uh, we're just counting down the days till this all oh, nineteen and sixty season
2: comes to an end. I'm glad you brought that up. So, if you have not seen this, uh, Gordy Trey, y'all have to look at this. Uh, the good people in Houston that are listening, please Google Victor Wimbanyama, and there's going to be a highlight from over the weekend. And in this highlight, the seven foot five, 19 year old French phenom that we're praying the Rockets land, uh, G- Gottlieb and I did discuss Victor Wimbanyama as well. He shoots the three, Gordy, he misses the three. It ricochets off the rim at the exact precise angle that allows him to rebound his own miss mid-air and dunk the basketball back. I was like, oh yeah, me liking some Victor Wimbayama over there at the Toyota Center if we're able to get that done.
0: Yeah, it's I I I'm trying to temper myself because it's it, like I, you can't get your help up when, when you have as good of a chance at the number three pick as you do the number two, the number one. Like I just can't, Gordon. I can't positive
2: get up. vibes. I get it. We're going to think it into existence. We're going to make it happen. So, from a weekend recap standpoint, uh, I, I think that's where we are. Again, I, I do have some concerns over there at Minute Maid. We come back, we get into sportsmanship. What is the appropriate level? More college basketballs. We get going here on a Monday. This is next up on the Mighty Sports Talk 790. Break, break, What's going on, H-Town? The show's called Next Up. This is Sports Talk 790, your home for Houston sports. Make sure you download the station on the free iHeartRadio app. And you can always go into the URL or whatever browser you choose to utilize and uh, put sports790.com in there. You hear uh, Astros insider information. I heard Michael Connor, who joined the Sean Salisbury Show, to get things started this morning. Uh, We will talk some Texans as well. There's some information, Gordy, over the weekend. uh, Peter King, Football Morning in America, has some ideas of how Nick Casario may or may not choose to move forward with that number two pick, number 12, and perhaps trading back into the first round. We'll discuss more of that to come. Just uh, doing a a backdrop scene set. Fantastic weekend in Houston. Uh, The Galleria was silly. I went over there to Joy Uptowns, met some guys couple cocktails, had some food, hung out with with some ladies, had a really good time. Appreciate the hung fellas. with some ladies? Yeah, the ladies were in the building, my guy, and uh, had a had a really, really good time. To your point, celebrities, um, had a chance to kick it with Edron James yesterday. What? Edron James was random. here. Random? Yeah. Edron was here. Um, a couple of my guys, I sent them over to Andre Johnson's Got a Spot. Uh, it's called 80. Some of my guys wanted to go see James Harden spot, call 13. So I'm just playing point guard for the city corner. I'm getting people where they're going. But speaking of guard play, the number one story in all of sports right now, believe it or not, is the women's college game. And some of the reaction from uh, a couple of star players. And uh, we, we know that, right, Caitlin Clark, she has been the bill of the ball this tournament run. Uh, she had a historic performance. Gordy, let me quantify this, please. Caitlin Clark, smashing NCAA records. Most three-pointers made in a single tournament. Most points scored in a single tournament. Passing, Texas Tech on, She whoops. You knew that, Gordy, of course.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, she, she was like... I mean, the, the, I hate to make this comparison, but she, it was like Kobe or, or Steph Curry. Like, she was... She, I like co- the stuff. She was filling it up. Could mm-hmm. shoot from anywhere. Uh, bull do- bulldog mentality, and then even when you tried to double and triple team her, she would find the open. You know, the open. Uh, She's
2: facilitating for sure. She made it
0: and hit them for a shot, so she would get assists. assist. And I thought they had an awesome attack on South Carolina. Oh, broke my heart. And you know, Damn Dawn it. Staley, who you know, we thought she built this this empire at South Carolina. They were unbeatable. They, they got beat and, and Iowa hit some big shots on Friday and, and, and beat them.
2: I could not believe it looked like, sorry to interrupt, but it looked like and felt like Dawn Staley got out coached. And that's yeah. my girl. You know, she's a UVA alum and I support what she does there. Uh, really good woman. Uh, I've met her a few times. Dawn is, is fantastic. But Caitlin Clark, it's been a while. And Gordy, you're good with this type of stuff too. When have we seen a singular individual? Just absolutely obliterate a team that clearly had
0: more talent, right? To the level that Caitlin Clark did. Yeah, it's 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 what we like about sports, and and I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest women's basketball fan, but this tournament made me. And it's not just LSU winning it. Watching Caitlin Clark and Iowa take down South Carolina, like this whole tournament has been. This women's tournament has been a lot of fun, and mm. I'll and I'll give you a big reason why. It's because there's been good shooters and there's been good scoring. Mm. Big problem with the women's game throughout the years has been low efficiency, Mm. low scoring percentages, not big, you know, not a lot of star power outside of UConn and Geno's teams and Pat Summits Tennessee teams and Candace Parker and all them. But like, it's been, it's Mm. been. Not good basketball to yeah. watch. This tournament was great basketball to watch. We saw both teams yesterday. LSU and Iowa in the championship shot over fifty yeah. percent. It was fun. It good was entertaining. Form, we you. want to watch scoring, yeah. and that's what we saw yesterday. And LSU set a record, scoring over a hundred points in her championship game. So that's what made this fun. But uh, to the point we were trying to get to, and you know what we saw from Caitlin Clark throughout this tournament was, you know, doing the can't you can't see me and talking trash and getting up in the stands and yeah. beating her chest and all that. People were celebrating it. But suddenly yesterday, she got it back, thrown back at her from Angel Reese at LSU. And suddenly people were like, oh, it's classless. You should go treat yourself with respect when you win mm-hmm. a championship and all this crap. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Kayla Clark's been doing this the whole tournament.
2: All right, so the scene said if you haven't been on social media, maybe you were busy yesterday, you were doing something else. You hadn't seen what all of this reaction is about. Uh, as Gordy just pontificated there. Caitlyn Clark is doing... Some people I've I've seen call it the John Cena for my wrestling fans. Like, you can't see me? Okay, fine. All right. Um, I am disturbed that we're having to have this conversation. Uh, Showmanship. I do think there is a... There is a healthy form of decorum when you're competing. But I also think that's the stage, especially in team sport, that's the stage where... I get to match your energy. So if Caitlyn was going to put it out there, she's got to be prepared for the pushback. And now, unfortunately, Gordy, there are going to be some folks, us, all of us that have social media and these camera phones, we're going to turn what is healthy competition and we're going to turn it into something else. Angel Reese knew what was going to come of it? She had this to say in reaction of LSU beating Iowa for the women's national championship.
3: I'm 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 happy. I mean, all year I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't the narrative. I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood. I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year, but when other people do it. Y'all don't say nothing. So, this was for the girls that look like me, that's gonna speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more, it was bigger than me tonight. It was bigger than me. Twitter is gonna go in a rage every time. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I've helped grow women's basketball this year. I'm super happy and excited. So, I'm looking forward to celebrating in the next season.
2: Again, that was, uh, LSU's Angel Reese in response to, uh, the upcoming criticism. And, and listen, all the shows are discussing it. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, Gordy, but we do have to address it. There's just so many things there. And quite frankly, Gordy, there are some other outlets I think that were it's interesting they're calling angel reese classless gordy for her handling of it Mm -hmm. but i think some of those outlets are classless in how they're coming at angel reese i'm with the sister on that you know we, we just live in this space where it's like we we make exemptions and that's not what i want to say gordy it's like what's appropriate for some people we can't make that a monolith we have certain people that were comfortable saying certain things, wearing certain things, going certain places. Like, how did we get to this conversation where this is a controversy? Two athletes going back and forth in a tournament. How did we get here, Gordy?
0: What 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 is the backdrop of all of this for you? It, it I, I. It's tough because again, I, I just went back to in the moment when I saw it happen. You know, I guess part of me kind of goes. Yeah, look, just go go celebrate with your team, whatever, you won the championship. But again, going back to what I saw from Caitlin Clark throughout this postseason, and I think that's where these people, the Dave Portnoy, the Keith Olbermann, even Keith Olbermann, who, who criticized um, Angel Reslice, admitted after it, oh, I haven't watched any of the tournament. So yes, if you haven't watched any of it, right. and you just see that, yeah, you're going to, your take is going to be, oh, that's pretty classless. I mean, you just win a championship and, you know, rather go celebrate with your team, you're flashing it and, you know, point to your ring finger in the girl's face who just lost. Someone brought
2: up I get in the, the pre show, Joe Burrow did the same thing. We've seen guys right. point at, at but, the ring before.
0: But the point in, in it is the reason she did that is because the other girl was doing that the whole tournament. Right. And talking trash. And she did the You Can't See Me against Louisville, against South Carolina. And the injury even said in post game, she said, yeah, there was a little conference pride. We we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want we wanted to win the championship. We didn't want South Carolina to win, but there was a little SEC pride. You did yeah. that to our SEC sister, right, so right, right. we're gonna we're gonna take show it back to you. And so, it's unfortunate the cameras all caught it. Like if the cameras hadn't been pointed at them and she did it off to the side, this would be a non-story. So
2: that's gonna be the issue for a lot of people. They felt like Angel Reese was being excessive, uh, following Caitlin Clark around, flashing it. Felt like it went over the top. So for me, as, as we get ready to wrap this up. For me, I think there are several levels here. And if you heard Angel Reese, if you heard that audio just then, she has had some news surrounding her. I don't want to call it controversy, but we live in this world where, uh, and, and I've heard this from some female ball players. Saying they want us, we don't act girly enough. We don't say the right thing. You know, uh, our hair extensions and wigs and weave is too much or too little. Like we we hold some of these ladies to some different standards based on where they come from, based on how they sound, based on the nails and all these other things. I personally choose not to give a damn about any of that. Can you ball? Can you not? Now I do respect Caitlin Clark because she did not. It looked like she was willing to accept. It. Excuse me. Yeah. She she was not upset at Angel Reese for doing it. Of course, she was disappointed that they got their doors blown out. She
0: can't. If you've been dishing it out, thanks. Got to be able to take it. I do appreciate Caitlin
2: Clark in the post game. Everything she addressed was team oriented. Right. We Iowa the program really really like that. What made me the most uncomfortable about the tournament for the ladies that is, what the hell is. Is 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 uh, Kim Mulkey wearing? Oh, this has been, but this has been since you I got not know there, it's a it's thing, famous, but it's just like sort of tiger stripes, bro. It, no, but then there's like sequins and there's rainbows, and I mean, look, she's a fantastic coach, and I'm I'm being a little hey, bit she extra right win here.
0: Championship, she can wear whatever the, hell, whatever the hell she wants. I'm just like, man, what the
2: hell was that? All right, that is the reaction from up in Dallas at American Airlines Center. Obviously, the the Louisiana State University women's team defeats Caitlin Clark in a historic epic run. Oh, let me get that out as well. Stan, no one cares about the college game. The hell they don't. Iowa's win over South Carolina was the most watched college basketball game on any ESPN network since Duke, North Carolina in 2008. So people do care. We come back. Let's go over to NRG. Men's Championship tonight. We have thoughts. Taking your phone call, 713-212-5790.
1: Take it on.
0: And it's blocked. Pulled down by Minsa. They have the one timeout. Are they going to take it or not? They don't have the scores on the floor. It's Butler. With two seconds, he's got to put it on.
2: Welcome back into Next Up. Stan Northfleet here holding things down, uh, keeping us uh, inside of the navigational beacons, if you will. At Stan Sportsman, he is at Chris Gordy. Appreciate you, Houston, for hanging out with us. Going to get to the phone lines here momentarily. Just finished discussing the women's tournament, which was an epic success. Uh, Some of the best ratings of men or women's college basketball in some 15-plus years. So uh, I celebrate the ladies for taking care of the business. Can the men, Gordy, can the men's game tonight live up to the hype and the billing of uh, the, the ladies' game and the historic run that Caitlin Clark and her Iowa Hawkeyes did? Now, who's playing
0: again? San Diego State. <laughs> you just heard the, I know, uh, though, that's what it the feels, walk-off right I, there from Lamont Butler. That's what it feels like, though, right? It's like, like compared to the women's started of it, had four, I don't want to say blue bloods, but four big-time programs yeah. that had fans that came. This one it was just, I mean no offense FAU brought a couple hundred people San Diego I did see got some, a couple hundred people but uh, Miami travel with I saw Miami, Miami people well. everywhere there, there was a lot of let's just say people that looked like they were from Miami here like Oh what does that mean going like, I mean like uh, like first off very attractive uh Oh, yeah, fan oh base. yeah yeah But then a lot of Beautiful guys, people. In like Miami. there were guys in like Hawaiian shirts and, oh. like with cigars and I'm like <laughs> they're from Miami and, you know, sure enough, they're yeah. like, they you!
2: So this is their first Final Four. Same for San Diego State. Obviously the same for Florida Atlantic. So they rallied, and they pulled up on the city uh, of Houston, obviously. So a couple of thoughts here as we get ready for the night. Obviously, UConn is the favorite. You should go to BUSR.com slash heart and, and be a part of uh, what we're doing on there and, and, and put some money down on it. But will the game, will the game itself... Be as good. So, like the women's game, we just got to talk about that. LSU to me just bodied Iowa. Those girls were just so much bigger. They had more length. They were better athletes. Like, and that's how the lead ballooned like that. Now, there was a point in there in the third quarter where uh, Caitlin Clark and, and Iowa Hawkeyes got the game down to some respectability. They had it at like seven points, eight point nine yeah, points.
0: nine the,
2: points. They got the seven. It, it got to, set, but then again, athleticism, the length tonight's game when I look at how the UConn men have played Gordy Gonzaga had the number one offense before it played UConn the Zags then scored a season low in points Miami had the number five offense in the country before it played UConn the Canes then scored a season low in points UConn is playing with defense and size and they're well coached with Dan Hurley is there any way where UConn doesn't win this game tonight?
0: It'll be it'll be a big upset if they don't. I mean, just just being real. So they so is this compelling you to watch this? Like we watch it because this is it's what close. we do. I mean, I just want to see. I mean, was it Lamont Butler with the game with winner the on Saturday? Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see them play that hard. I want to see that. Like we got to see that that level of play. If it comes down to the wire, then I think we'll clap our hands and say great tournament because if it's a blowout like uconn just did to miami by the way that is now every game uconn has played in this tournament has been a blowout i'm
2: glad you brought that up here's what i saw courtesy of cbs sports uconn's men basketball has only trailed 47 seconds in their last three games this is um this is all-time good yep And I don't know that it's going to be as compelling as I would like it to be, Uh, but for the sake of the job, we're going to watch it. So what do you say, Houston? You guys watching this tonight? Uh, If you're going over there to NRG, let me know. Perhaps you're in town and you're visiting, and this is the crown jewel for the, the true... Uh, college basketball aficionados and, and fans in the city. So let me know what you're thinking about tonight. 713-212-5790. What you got
0: going. on? One thing I just wanted to bring up that Dan Hurley said after the game. Did you hear what he said? He he made a comment said no players at UConn because of NIL. And I saw people taking that quote and saying this, is, this isn't the flex he thinks it is. Like he's trying to brag saying like we, we didn't have to out, go haven't. buy players. We'd have to. Go, but on the flip side, you're also saying we'd have to pay these guys. These guys don't need to make money. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, it's, a, it's weird. a weird thing to say. Yeah. I get what he's saying. Like we're not we're not pay for play, but this is the game everybody pay, plays now. And oh, by the way, you have some good players. Take care of them. You don't think Sonogo wants a nil deal? Wants to make a little money while uh, he's in school? Yeah. So I don't know. it was part. a weird it was a weird thing to say.
2: No doubt. Let's go out to the phone lines. My man Reggie's been holding for a little while. Trey, uh, let's punch up Reggie, please. Reggie, you're next up, brother. How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good, man. Enjoyed the game yesterday. Chris, congratulations to your lady uh, Tigers, man. And one thing I know about that game, and you guys nailed it about when you talked about uh, Keith Oferman, whatever. He never watched the game. Previous to that, the whole weekend, they had a special segment on uh, Caitlin Clark. And her antics towards uh, her scoring and getting in the crowd and on other player. So they missed the whole series of all that going on. It was a good game. And, man, Chris, I'm going to tell you, you know I picked to win it all out of the men. And there's one of the teams that's in the finals tonight. So I chose them. Everybody listening at the barbershop I go to in Rochelle, Texas, know that I mentioned this team, before the tournament started, I'm going to keep it with that. And it has to be the team on the East Coast, Connecticut. I saw how tough this team was, how they played defense, and that length is going to bother San Diego. They're going to attack San Diego before they get that ball in their hand and pick up that and uh, start dribbling. So if, if San Diego, uh, Chris, and Stan hits 43% of their threes, they're going to upset this game. They're going to win tonight. But I don't think they're going to do that because of the defense of the UConn uh, men basketball team is that much superior than all the 64, 68 teams that were in the uh, playoffs this year.
2: I think it's a good observation by you, Reg. Appreciate you giving us a shout, man. I, I think that uh, UConn again favored by 7 that game time over at NRG. Here we go again, Gordy. Monday night, 8.20
0: p.m. Too late of a start time for you, Gordy. Yeah, it's it's stupid. I mean like somebody uh somebody brought up like first off the women's championship yesterday was at two thirty and the men's this championship's at like eight yeah, thirty tonight. Like this like is crazy kids, weird. W- one one you gotta like stay up all night to watch and the other one you gotta grab at lunch. Like can't we find some happy medium? Couldn't couldn't seven o'clock central have worked for last night's women's championship and tonight's men's championship? It just it feels like they're always trying to like overserve the West Coast. Mm. Viewers, mm-hmm. but it's like you know what they got to deal with early, like early morning NFL kickoffs all year long. So what? Truth. Deal with it. Like
2: <laughs> You're going I to say, it, just deal with
0: it. I, the worst stand was when uh, me and Connor, when we travel with the, the Astros throughout the postseason, and we're in New York or Philly for like the, the postseason games, mm-hmm. and we're like around somewhere, like, hey, let's go grab some food and watch Sunday night football. We went to a spot at like. Seven thirty, eight o'clock and it's like, no, the game hasn't even kicked off yet. You're like, the, the game hasn't even kicked off? Good lord. Like, geez. So it's one of the
2: benefits of being uh here in the Central Time and, and I actually love going towards yes. the West Coast. So we're gonna
0: crown the champion here in Houston somewhere around somewhere after eleven PM tonight. Well, the East Coast can you imagine if you yeah. if you got a job in New York and you gotta be at work at seven AM and it's after midnight. Having
2: just come from the East Coast Gordy. I can tell you it's a thing. San Diego State, however, I'm gonna sell the fight here a little bit. Uh, And this came up. I was with some guys, uh, Ricky Price, Chris Carwell, uh, some other Duke guys that um, we were just kind of kicking around the game. And they said, Stan, San Diego State has a chance. And I said, well, how are they going to do it? They're experienced. Seven of of their nine-man rotation seniors. Stan, defense travels. So if it's one of those games and the ball ain't going in, Gordy, the way they fight, scrap, claw, they may stick around, and you know the proverbial David Goliath type of thing. They don't look at themselves as a David because they're a five seed. Hell, UConns a four. So if they can fight, scratch, claw, hang around for a while, hopefully we just get some compelling television tonight to watch from that standpoint. That'll be taking place over at NRG. LeBron James was in town. We go over to the Toyota Center on the other side. This is Sports Talk 790. name of the show's next up.
0: Rebound to James. That game three-quarters of the way down. LeBron going to go try the length of the floor. Crossover moves. 3-360. Three he spins. He scores. He's fouled.
2: What's going on, Ace Town? Wrapping up hour one on a Monday edition, National Championship edition. Uh, it is now April, April the 3rd. To be precise. Stan Fleet, hanging out with Chris Gordy. Uh, Trey Campbell on the other side over there. Thanks to all of you for supporting the station. For those of you that are visiting, I normally don't sound like this, but it's been a really, really long weekend. You know, Gord, I had some celebrity appearances, so I'm, I'm a little bit winded. Been getting some sleep. You had one. I, I, had, a, I had a few. <laughs> I was in the right places, Stop. Gordon. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I was in
0: high demand. I mean, I mean you muscular.
2: know, I'm, I'm, I was just I'm, filled I'm, I'm hanging out with Billis. You know, there's uh, Seth Goodman. There's, oh, excuse me, Jeff Goodman. I was hanging out with Coach Seth. I mean, there's uh, Doug Gottlieb, Edron James. I mean, I have a lot of friends, Gordon. Yeah. Welcome to Houston for those that are hanging out. uh, We'll be watching the National Championship tonight. Yesterday was a really cool moment. Speaking of National Championship, we were watching. What was that? I ended up at Chapman and Kirby, so I'm watching the women's game while the Astros were wrapping up. We will discuss what's going on over there at Minute Maid Park as well. So you go from Astros to the Women's National Championship. And then we get uh, the Lakers in town last night. Did you see people adorned? I don't know if you got out. Yesterday, did you see people rocking Lakers gear? I saw a few people just around with the purple on doing their deal.
0: I didn't see it. No, I didn't see any Lakers. I, I mean, every, everywhere I went downtown over the weekend, it was Astros stuff everywhere. Did
2: see a lot of Astros. Those gold edition, you have one of those deals. The, the gold looks really, really good yep. with that orange and blue. Okay, Stan, what happened at Toyota Center last night? For those that have not completely checked out, and if you have, come on back in. It's it, it's almost over. We're done. We can then start talking about uh, NBA Draft talk, uh what, next week as the NBA wraps up. LeBron James was not sure that he was going to play. LeBron James logged a, uh, what did he have? LeBron James, 18 points in 29 minutes, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, plus 23 when he was on the floor doing his normal point forward thing, making it happen. Triple double for him. Oh, look at that guy, Anthony Davis. When he plays, Gordy. Anthony Davis plays 40 points, 9 rebounds for AD. No turnovers for him as well. Goodness. Yeah.
0: No, he's he's great in the 30 games he plays a year. He's fantastic. Do you have to be disrespectful I to mean, AD? is it not true, Stan? Come on. Dude is always hurt. He is always hurt.
2: There was this notion, if we go back and we think about when LeBron chose the Lakers, there was this notion like, okay, LeBron is going to teach AD how to win, and then AD who what? When he was in New Orleans, what has this been, five seasons ago, maybe six seasons ago, we all said, what, AD could be top five in the league. Mm -hmm. Nobody says that anymore. Right. Think about how many players. Five years ago, we weren't talking about Giannis. We weren't talking about Joker. Who else am I missing? We didn't know who hell Luka Doncic was. So in just yeah, five Giannis years... Giannis
0: was just coming on the scene. Yeah.
2: Look at what... Like, just the names now. It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, De- Derek
0: Rose thinks Anthony Davis has hurt too much. So, See, you know.
2: Well, you don't have to always do that, Cordy.
0: It is uh, it, it is frustrating. I mean, you know, you, you just... The Rockets were playing well there for a stretch. And I know they got the win on Friday night against the Pistons. And, you know, the Pistons are one of the few teams that might be worse than the Those Rockets. Those two of the three worst teams in the league. But... You know, where we are now, you're playing Denver. uh, Tomorrow night will be the last home game. So if you guys have not gotten out to see the Rockets yet this year, I would encourage you. You know, I know the Astros play a home game tomorrow night. But if you have not been to a game, go check them out once. Just go go support this team and go see Jalen Green and and Chingoon and all the guys. Jabari continues. Jabari's getting better. Um, You know, but like I said, there was a stretch there where they were playing more competitive. They run off three straight wins. And now, you know, there's been a couple games here as of late that have just been blowouts. And we're just looking at three more games, home against Denver tomorrow, and then at Charlotte Friday, and then at Washington on Sunday. And then all eyes will be on the lottery coming up in a couple of weeks. And what pick will they get? And if it's number one, man, we're going to throw a parade. We will. A Victor Wembanyama parade. And uh, as Tillman Fertitta said, pray for Victor.
2: Remember the footage on social media when the Pelicans were awarded the number one overall pick, the Zion year? and the sales staff just erupts because they knew they were going to absolutely print money. Curious to see what Victor Wimbenyama would do from an attendance and from a sales standpoint. Uh, Shout out to to my girl Gretchen over there, does a fantastic job heading up the operation, the business ops over there at the Toyota Center. Who balled for the Rockets yesterday? There's 24 from Jalen Green, all five starters in double figures. Uh, There's Scoot Porter. He's uh 20 for him. Alperin Shingun, Alpi with a triple double in his own right. Take that, LeBron. Not quite a triple double. I'm sorry. He had the fifteen rebounds to go with eighteen points. Just five assists for him. I say just uh turnovers, two turnovers for Shingun on the five assists. So I'll take that from a guy playing center. Gordy, are you no, I'm not going Tuesday. I doubt you're going. You have no desire, do you? You're going
0: Rockets? Yeah, I'm actually thinking. about I mean, just because it's the last time we're going to see them at, really? home, at home this season, yeah.
2: One more time, I may scoot over there see what's going on. I, we got Astros in action tonight. Go to give us the lineup where you can hear Astros here. Or are we running? We're running Astros here tomorrow night. We will run Rockets right here on Sports Talk 790. Correct? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up. We'll get that on the other side. (laughs) Let's step aside. We do come back. I saw something from football aficionado. We just spoke about Rockets, draft position. Let's hope we get Victor Wimbanyama. Texans are in the news. Draft position. Peter King, Football Morning America, says he's hearing some things at NRG. What to be specific? On the other side. Hour 2, next up on Sports Talk 790.
1: Now, what's next? Next up. It's the next man up. Next up. The next
0: step. Take the
1: next step. Next up. Next up next. next. up. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up with
0: Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see what's next. Next. Next.
2: Next. Hour two here on a Monday, April the 3rd, 2023. Hope everybody's had a fantastic weekend. Uh, things are rolling along quite nicely from the Sean Salisbury Show. Got us going this morning at 6 a.m. He, Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. We will hand things over. That's Chris Gordy over there on my left, by the way. We will hand things over to the Matt Thomas Show. He and Ross Villarreal will lead you into the 18. Make sure you get the free iHeartRadio app, or you can plug in sports790.com up in that browser And listen to uh, all of the shows here, podcasts, exclusive content, and the like. Gordy, would not be a show called Next Up. New show. Thank you. What are we, seven weeks in? I think this is the start of week seven. Crazy how time is flying. We talk a lot about what the Texans are going to do with pick two and pick 12. and, And I have started, quite frankly, to shift from thinking about pick 12 more than I do pick two. Yes, we know that they need a franchise quarterback. Gordy has been quite vocal in reminding me that they need a franchise quarterback. We are in agreement. How will they acquire? Who will they acquire? The narrative has now shifted to we think it's going to be either Bryce or C.J. Bryce, young out of Alabama, C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. But I saw something, Gordy, uh, from Peter King's Football Morning in America, and Peter King says he's not so sure that's what Nick Casario will do it to maybe we need to start thinking more at 12. Here's the notion. Uh, Peter King, formerly of Sports Illustrated, uh, there is nobody on the beat, Gordy, would you agree that does it better than Peter King? Sourcing, uh, objectivity, he doesn't just say bleep for the sake of being hyperbolic, like Peter King's pretty dialed in. You would agree? Yeah. Peter King says, we're all operating under the belief the Texans will take a quarterback. He said he's 90% Thinks that will happen. He's 90% sure. He says, I remind you guys, the Texans pick 12th. He goes on to say, is it impossible, however, that the Texans take the cleanest prospect in this draft class, Alabama pass Russia, Will Anderson Jr., and then get the quarterback further down or, you know, at a slightly lower selection? Here's the part that's interesting to me, Gordon. I bring this back. He says, in the last few days, I've heard something about Nick Casario. It indicates that Casario is thinking more on the conservative side of things and may not be willing to roll the dice with the smallest QB prospect in a modern draft era. When you hear that from Peter King, Gordy, that he's hearing, they may go with the cleanest prospect in Will Anderson Jr. How does that
0: land for you? It's, it's silly from a standpoint of, of this. And again, it all comes back to how you evaluate the quarterbacks. But if you, you know, this whole mindset of, oh, we can wait on the quarterback. We'll <laughs> Why just did get, you have to use that voice? We'll just get the other one later. Like, here's the thing is if you take Will Anderson at two and he's a bust, but you hit on the quarterback you wanted, it won't matter. If you take Will Anderson, he's a stud, but you miss on the quarterback. That has a bigger ramification on your team because I would agree with that. In the NFL, we've seen it. You cannot win a championship. Very rarely can you win a championship with an with average quarterback play. You need somebody. Either need a generational special talent franchise quarterback, or you get on the gravy train of a Joe Flacco who gets hot, or a Trent Dilfer who gets hot, or whatever. Like, but
2: look at where these dudes are coming from. In San Fran, they haven't had excellent quarterback play. They've had adequate. Many, I think how it, many
0: Super Bowls have they won?
2: Well, they've been into okay. Yo, know, and, and was maybe, knocking on maybe the door. Enough difference one. maker a
0: quarterback. Now got I'm, th- th- the
2: I'm thinking about the Hardball crew, but same thing. Like Kaepernick led them to a bowl, but that defense is what drove them, and that running game. So the formula is the same from Hardball to what Kyle Shanahan is doing. Maybe they think. Defense, run the ball, offensive line, and you put a guy in there that's serviceable and let him grow in the position. I'm just saying, when I hear Peter King say that, he's not just making it up. Now, Peter King does say, this is a quote from him. He said, look, I think it's a stretch that they would take Will Anderson instead of Bryce or CJ based on whichever one the Panthers do at pick one. He said, however, one league personnel man did tell me this Peter King talking casario has a propensity to trade back there is conversation happening over there at nrg about them trading out of two and not taking will anderson or using the number two overall well, pick on the quarterback
0: nick is gonna have a propensity to getting fired if he if he does something as stupid as this well, I mean, let's,
2: let's let's think about that though F- finish your thought because i have something that you and i had not discussed and, and houston feel free to chime in on this by the way if you'd like to 713-212-5790 Football Morning America on uh, NBC Sports, Peter King is hearing rumors that Nick Casario may play conservative and take Will Anderson Jr. at two instead of a franchise quarterback, perhaps in C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Also hearing Nick may trade back. He said in the last few days, what he's hearing out of NRG is very different than it was going into this process. Yeah, okay.
3: I,
0: I think this is a case where the owner steps in and says, Nick, sorry dude. This is my call. You can do whatever you want at 12, 33, right. all those other picks. At two, this is my call. We're going to get our franchise quarterback. Now I'll defer to you on on who you think, you know, who you and D'Amico on who you want to take, but we're going quarterback. We just, you know, this Deshaun debacle that we went through these last two years, and Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll and Kyle Allen it's been awful. It's been god awful, and we've mm-hmm. sucked for the past two years. And we're in a spot now to to correct, right those wrongs. There are four very good franchise caliber quarterbacks in this draft. The to most people out there. Mm-hmm. Let's go get our guy. Let's not dick around here. Let's 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 go get who we want.
2: I was going to. We mentioned Casario maybe getting the hook. I wonder. If Casario were to trade out of two, and so Peter King continues to say, he says, look, I bet Indianapolis at four and Seattle at five would be interesting, would be interested in perhaps coming up to two to get the quarterback that they want. Right. So here's my point. If Nick Casario has gotten his team out of cap hell. And he now has the most picks in the league over the next two drafts and can acquire more capital by moving back out for two, perhaps getting enough capital to trade back into the bottom of the first round. My point is, is there a case for Casario to tell Cal McNair? Look, bro, I got your salary cap figured out. i got a can't miss prospect and Will Anderson Jr., so to speak. And you've got all of these picks and flexibility moving forward, like stabilizing the ship. Is as much about general management as selecting the
0: players. Yeah, I, I just, to me, whenever you trade back, it's because you're in a luxury spot. The reason New England did it for years because they were in a luxury spot. You had Tom Brady, you had Bill Belichick, you were getting the Super Bowls almost every other year. You are in a luxury spot. Patriots could sit there and pick 22 and trade back because you've got your franchise quarterback. you, you got a lot of the pieces figured out. We're going to... Hey, listen, get more assets for the future. The Texans are not in that spot. You're in a spot where you got a ton of assets this year. Use them. Use them. We're trying to build a foundation. Trading back is something somebody with a luxury. For instance, if Philly. Philly's sitting there with what? The 10th pick from the Saints? Mm -hmm. Philly's in a luxury spot there. If Philly wants to trade back, more power to you. Let's add more draft picks for next year, down the road, whatever. That's a luxury. You do not have the luxury when you need franchise players for this team. I don't know that I'm there, (laughs) Gordy. So I'm just playing the scenario
2: out. And and there's a the thought process here, by the way. Uh, Peter King, Football Morning America, wrote this up, up on um, NBC Sports Pro Football Talk page. He says the concept here is kind of what Detroit did a year ago. De- what did Detroit do? Detroit knew that Jared Goff is not going to be in their long-term plans at the quarterback spot. So what did they do in the draft, Gordon? They went with Aiden Hutchinson. They went with the sure thing happened to be an edge defender. Is the mindset similar here for Nick? Cassino? But at least
0: Jared Goff showed he's good enough. to he he's when he plays well, he's he's a top fifteen quarterback, probably right at fifteen or fourteen, somewhere in there. But like when Jared Goff is good, he can be very productive. He was very productive for the Lions this year. Texas don't have anybody like that on their roster right now. Case, oh no, Case Keenum and y'all Davis Mills. Case <laughs> no, neither of those guys are, are top fifteen. So again, this just goes back to. You got. They don't have that. If Deshaun were on this roster still, yes, let's go get Will Anderson. Let's go get some some other key pieces here. But you don't have that quarterback. And If you don't have that quarterback, I'm sorry. You're not gonna. You're not gonna make any noise in this league or have any faith in in your team winning without a quarterback.
2: Peter King concludes by saying, Owner Cal McNair will certainly want the quarterback at number two. He says the Texans fans will likely be deflated if the loser of the young Stroud sweepstakes in Carolina isn't the pick at two as well. I'm cautioning Casario, and you and I differ here, Gordy, and I have beef, and I say beef mildly. I've gone back and forth with folks that listen to the station on social media about this very conversation. Nick Casario, quite frankly, even though he works for the McNair family, he can't let the emotions of what the public desire is right he can't get caught up in that because he's the smartest guy in the room no i mean you've assembled a staff you have personnel dudes that are in there watching the tape stick to your board nick casario if your board tells you that Jalen carter and will anderson jr and i don't know I'm, I'm going to say it. I don't think it would happen. But Bijan Robinson, that's not going to happen. But I'm just simply acknowledging Stay true to your boy. If Will Anderson Jr. is your guy and you can get him at four, maybe even five, and you aren't in love with these quarterbacks at two, I'm not going to
0: vilify him for that. Okay. And what happens if you trade back to four and then the Arizona Cardinals run up there at three and go take Will Anderson? Then what?
2: Then I'm saying if you were to move back, then <clears throat> if you move back, you got to go. You don't get any of the players you want means No, it means you take Jalen Carter. Like you're you're going by going to four and trading with Indianapolis An get interior D
0: lineman. I mean, it's, it's a need, but it's not like your one of your immediate needs. Immediate need would be edge rusher, pat you know pass rushing havoc wreaker on the edge or quarterback. Those are your two biggest needs. What
2: did San Fran do? Armstead, Ken Law. Uh, who's the one that they traded? Uh, Solomon Thomas. They put in San Fran. The mentality is. We're going to put a lot of draft equity, a lot of high picks into the interior of that defense. I'm not saying it's likely. Peter King says he's 90% sure that it's going to be a quarterback. But he's hearing rumors coming out of NRG that they may be starting to lean conservative. And well, Will then, Anderson Jr. Well, is the I'm
0: hearing rumors that Nick Cassero may want to start packing up his things. Because <laughs> you ain't going to be here long, bro, if you if you miss on this. Speaking
2: of missing, we go over to Minute Maid Park. Uh, there's a guy over there that's doing a lot of swing and miss. Are we concerned, Astros fans? First set of the season against the White Sox has concluded. Let's go have a little revisionist history, shall we? Next up continues right here on Sports Talk
0: 790. The 2-2. Hit off the hands, looped right side, going back, Vaughn makes the catch in the outfield grass, and that is the ball game. The Astros made it interesting in the ninth, scoring twice, but they come up short as the White Sox earn a split of this four-game series, defeating the Astros by a final of 6-3. to
2: What's going on, good people? Stan Sportsman. Uh, You can find me on social media at Stan Sportsman, Chris Gordy alongside, and we are at Sports Talk 790. We are your home for Houston sports, and that does include being the home for your Astros coverage. As we heard just there, Astros come up short over at Minute Maid Park yesterday, 6-3. to Gordy, the last time you and I left these airwaves, the Astros had opening day. That was on Thursday. They had not played yet uh, by the time we got off the air. So we've had three games since the last time you and I have spoken. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a little nervous in some areas. Now you're gonna tell me not to be, I presume. Uh where wanna start? This rotation. They okay, let me do this. Let me and this is a great radio, right? Gordy, does this they're two and two. Does this feel like a five hundred ball club or does this feel like one and three?
0: No, they feel like two and two. I mean, you 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 play you played well in some spots, you didn't in some spots, and you got beat twice and you won two games. Um, I will tell you this. To me, the story of this series was the White Sox starting pitching. It's really good that the starting the White Sox starting pitching kind of outdoed your starting pitchers. Dylan Cease gave up just one run on Thursday. Lancelin gave up two runs on Friday. Lucas Giolito gave up two earned on Saturday and Clevenger pitched five shutout innings yesterday. I mean, that's that's dominant baseball. That's better than what you got. Uh, Fromber was dominant Thursday. He went five innings of no of no runs. But then all your other guys gave up. I think three runs each from Arcidi to Garcia to, um, yeah. I mean Javier. I mean they all gave up multiple runs. And so it's just yeah, their starting pitching was good. But I'm willing to chalk that up to the White Sox are actually a pretty good squad, and they actually have a manager who knows what he's doing now after they got rid of the Tony La Russa debacle. It's a
2: a fair assessment, you, I think, in terms of uh, management. uh, Also, clearly, right, the arms over there for the White Sox got the best of the Astros. I bring you also this from the Astros' standpoint. Can we get somebody to go longer than five innings?
0: (laughs) Well, if you heard Steve Sparks on with um, with Sean Salisbury this morning, he talked about it. The World Baseball Classic threw everything in a funk. He said, you know, multiple of these pitchers... That were off doing their thing with the with their respective teams in the World Baseball Classic, right. like Arcidi and Garcia. Um, you know, they didn't get the ramp up that they needed, and the ramp up he said that they would have gotten through spring would have been that they were ready to go out of the gates to go at least six innings in these opening starts. Instead, you got four to five innings out of each one, and now that's you know it's you have to get the ramp up in season. Mm-hmm. It's not you know not the end of the world, but it just kind of it it was taxing on your bullpen. Where you didn't have a day off, where you literally just played a four game series and you go right into the Detroit series starting today. Right. And then you, and then again, not a day. Off. You play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You go right into a Thursday. What is it? Uh, Saturday, Sunday series with Minnesota. So you don't get a day off until Friday. did not it eight games? Is it eight games and eight days? Is that what it is by the time we get to next Friday or is it seven There's games, seven like days, something like that? Regardless, like it just means you didn't get long extended outings out of your starting pitchers in the opening series until so your bullpen got taxed. And then don't have a day off until Friday. It just it, it puts pressure. Hey, Hunter Brown, you better at least give us five to six tonight. Because if he can't, again, it's just more taxing on you know Ronel Blanco, who had to pitch multiple innings the other night, and and some you know some of the other guys, uh, Seth Martinez. So you have those guys. It just um, you know you're gonna have to turn to them to to get even more extended outings out of the bullpen. But again. To me, it's, you know, some of the hitters in this lineup are slow to get going. Bregman's in.
2: I at, was working my way
0: to the, over there. Yeah, Bregman's in at 0 for 0 16. 0 for 16, 7Ks.
2: So, again, and I, what are we, we were doing the uh, cross show talk right as the Sean Salisbury show was ending and you and I were getting ready to get in here and get warmed up. And I made that comment to Brian Lima. And I said, Brian, Brego is 0 and 16. He said, Oh, don't worry about it. We've got 150 whatever games left. I don't know, man. And then you guys tell me, because again, you've seen more of Alex than I have. Apparently, he starts slow on a regular basis over there on that, on that uh, hot corner.
0: Yeah, last year he batted 233 in April. Uh, 2021, he was actually pretty strong out of the gates. He batted about 299 in April. 2020, the COVID year, batted 179 in the first month, and then you go back to 2019, uh, he started one for 15 that year. So he's a notorious uh, slow starter out of the gates. And so all it's going to take is, like uh, Brian Lee was saying, he's at some point he's going to shave his head, he's going to do something to mess with the juju and get it going, and then I'd expect in the month of March, or, or, or May rather, it'll probably be Bregman will bat 370 or something, and he'll have a really hot month, so... It, he's it, he's exacerbated a little bit because you have no Altuve, mm-hmm. you have no Brantley, you're playing guys like Corey Jolks and David Hensley who and mm. Yadier Diaz who are all getting their real first taste sure. of extended playing time sure, in the sure. big leagues. Yeah. It's just a lot to ask of that staff when you're facing, oh, by the way, Dylan Cease, number two in the Cy Young last year, no doubt. Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, Mike Clevenger, these are all good pitchers, sure. and it just kind of took their toll. But there's some good. I mean, we saw good Jordan, Hit, I was going to go like, Clearly, Jose Abreu was worth the money that they paid for him to bring yeah. him over. Had some big shots. Uh, Kyle Tucker, you know, had four big hits over the weekend, including a homer. So there was some. And then Jeremy Pena goes over yesterday, but he had a hit in, in each of his first three games out of that leadoff spot. So. There's been some good, some bad, but I'll just say this. My freakout factor will be a lot higher if they go and lose two out of three to the lowly Tigers. Tigers are 0-3, by the way. You uh, need to, first pitch, 7-10
2: p.m. You need
0: to at least take two out of three, if not sweep.
2: Yes, we'll be having some very different conversations middle of this week if they don't take care of business versus Detroit, uh, Detroit in town over at Minute Maid Park. Uh, Arms, I want to make this comment as well. What's going on with Presley? He keeps shaking that arm. He keeps fooling with it, Gordon.
0: Well, some people pointed out they're like, "Well, he's he's done that before in the past." I just noticed He didn't look comfortable, and uh, somebody did bring up to me that they thought the the pitch clock has kind of had a, an effect on him. So uh, he he you know he pitched Thursday, and then he was out the the next you know he was out yesterday and Saturday, and they said illness. Mm-hmm. Um.
2: That's what they say.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. They said they were going to, Dusty said yesterday they were going to check on him, and they thought everything was going to be okay. So, we'll see. Um, but, again, I, I would chalk it up to maybe it just felt like the, the momentum of the pitch clock and the speediness there, he, didn't, he wasn't a big fan of that. And so, uh, we'll see. I expect Presley will be back in there, uh, if not today, tomorrow. And then Dusty gave us some updates on some of the other guys. He said, uh, Michael Brantley already flew back to Florida. He's getting some work in there. Mm-hmm. And I think Brian McTaggart asked him in our media scrum yesterday. He said, uh, so what do you expect? Maybe by the end of the month? And Dusty goes, yeah, end of the month or earlier. And then McTaggart said, will that include you know rehab stint? He goes, yeah. So we'll probably see Brantley either at AAA Sugarland or uh, I would assume that's where they would send him. Because mm-hmm. it's easier. It's right here. Probably in about I don't know what's today March third, I would say maybe in two and a half to three weeks we'll see Brantley out there in Sugarland for a couple games and then back with the big big league club by the end of the month at the latest and then uh, and then Lance McCullers through yesterday. Uh, a yeah, flat ground again. I was say, yeah, mm-hmm. And Dana Brown said it went very well. Uh, Dusty said he talked to the trainer, said, hey, he looks, he looks good. He's progressing well. So that's a good sign there, too. No, still no timetable on when McCullers will return. But all good signs there. And it was funny. I was interviewing Chaz McCormick in the clubhouse. I was
2: literally getting ready to bring him up. For, oh, yeah.
0: for our pregame yesterday. And Lance was, like, butting in. It, like, he was... Because Chad said something about yeah, I begin here early working out. Lance goes, really? You begin here working out? And Lance came over and like talked a little mm-hmm. bit, but I almost wanted to turn the mic and go, Lance, you want to give an update on where you are? Like, yeah, he, you know, it was just he's, funny.
2: He's getting a little antsy. But he's yeah, ready to get out there yeah, and, I, and be competitive. And don't get it twisted. He's looking at these guys are not churning through innings the way that we had hoped, at least right now. Lance knows he can be impactful in trying to stretch those out a little bit. And Dusty has talked about wanting to get guys some more innings, but also being mindful of how many balls that they're throwing out there. It's just something that that I'm keeping my eyes on. There was something else that I wanted to recognize as well. Oh, pregame yesterday, and you saw this, Gordy. Ceremony uh, honoring a few of the Astros over there. Altuve, Jordan, Presley, Kyle Tucker, Fromber, they received their first and second team all-NBA awards over there at Minute Maid Park yesterday. Altuve, Alvarez, and Valdez got first team, Presley and Tucker second team. So that was neat. Uh, We saw the ring ceremony. That was Saturday night? Friday, I think. Friday night. Did not see any pictures of the ring. How the ring look? Oh, it's ridiculous. Is it stupid? Got the, it's got the
0: trophy on it. Yeah. Is it better than the 17 ring? I Somebody think so. at the
2: box office I saw yesterday was uh, two days ago. They were rocking the 17 ring. Yeah, I think
0: it's even better than than the one from 17. So it's it's pretty ridiculous. And and look, it was a lot of fun you had on Saturday. They did the Jeremy P- Pena MVP bobblehead giveaway yesterday. They did the uh, Jeremy P- Pena uh, World Series ring replicas. I think Wednesday night. Uh, they're doing the Jordan Alvarez. Uh, Bobbleham. Or no, uh, replica but, ring giveaway. Replica ring, okay. So, you know, they're doing the, the replica rings. will all have different guys' names on it throughout the season. But, uh, yeah, tons of special giveaways and stuff. I saw Dave Portnoy from uh, Arsenal. He was staying in a hotel near Minuteman He tweeted out yesterday morning, what the hell, Astros fans, three hours before... First pitch, and there's lines outside Minuteman already. Right? It's like, well, first off, it's kind of a big deal. They're Dave. a winning team. That part. Two, they're giving away the replica rings. And three, they honored all the local uh, little leaguers in a little parade. Oh, that's before, nice. Before the. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, they, they all get to parade around the, the field. Oh, I did the see game. the kids. Yes, yes, yes. I did see so, that. I'll take that back. So, yeah, there was all that kind of stuff going on. But uh, no, man, it was a fun weekend. And again, not what you wanted. You were hoping to take at least three out of four, but you split the four game. But lowly Tigers coming in with AJ Hinch. You definitely want to take at least two out of three against them. Fascinating stuff.
2: We'll see if uh the Astros can continue to uh right the ship playing five hundred ball right now. Two and two. Here come the Lowly Tigers at 0 and 3 over the minute May. You said Hunter Brown takes the mound tonight. Uh big outing for him. Uh, I think there's a world where we're gonna see more of him as McCullers continues to get healthy and, and, and uh excuse me get back into This rotation also going down in Houston tonight over at NRG. There's a basketball team taking place. It is the national championship, but the conversation in the sports world today was the national championship for the ladies that took place last night. There's an issue sportsmanship. How much is too much? Showmanship. We continue next up on Sports Talk 790.
3: I'm, I'm I'm happy. I mean, all year I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't, the, the narrative, I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood, I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me, that's going to speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more, it was bigger than me tonight. It was bigger than me. Twitter is going to go in a rage every time. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I've helped grow women's basketball this year. I'm super happy and excited. So I'm looking forward to celebrating in the next season.
2: This is next up on Sports Talk 790. Stan Northfleet at the controls. That's my man Chris Gordy right there. Appreciate you, Houston, for being a part of the show. You can hit us up on social at Stan Sportsman. He is at Chris Gordy, and we are at Sports Talk 790. The sports world, at least the sports media world, and this is crazy that the men's championship is tonight, not that the ladies' game is less important, but the numbers were really good for the women's tournament. The numbers, I think, when it all shakes out, will be at least decent, Gordy. But the conversation is not about, hold on, who's playing tonight, Gordy? San Diego State
0: yeah.
2: and uh, UConn. you got
0: to keep looking it up because it's like it's that not memorable, but. It is what it
2: is. Uh, UConn favored by seven right now. But the conversation in the sports world is about the ladies' game, and that was Angel Cummins. Uh, she plays for the champion, Louisiana State. Angel University. Reese. Angel Reese, what do I call her? Angel Cummins, I'm sorry. Angel Reese. I don't even know anybody named Angel Cummins. It's weird. Angel Reese, she gets a title. UConn, what did you say about... Uh, Mulkey. Kim Mulkey, she's now obviously got one at Baylor. Those women,
0: she's got three at Baylor, one at LSU. Now. Right, so she's done North.
2: it at two schools. How many ladies have done it, multiple titles at multiple schools? She's the
0: only one. So she's the only one that's done Dito it. You know, one eleven at UConn. Uh, Pat Summit won eight at Tennessee. Mulkey's the first one to win at multiple schools.
2: All right, so the conversation is not that LSU won the game. Too athletic, too long, really good program. Clearly, Kent Mulkey is recruiting at a high level. All the conversation that anybody's talking about, it's all over Twitter. The networks are showing it here in the studio. Is, did Angel Reese show up? Caitlin Clark, who had a historic tournament, uh, most, most points scored by a woman in the tournament since uh, Cheryl Swoops at Texas Tech, so, Gordy, I ask you, do you think she went too far with flashing the John Cena, you can't see me, and pointing to the ring finger in front of Caitlin Clark, following her around to the bench, just, again, showing her up? Do you think it was poor sportsmanship? Are we being too sensitive? Does Angel have a point when she says, you're,
0: you're coming at me because it's me? Where you at? Where you land on all this? Yeah, the first thing on on Angel's comments, the thing that kind of, that that started to me with that was, I don't know, I'm not going to say she didn't get negative stuff thrown at her, but I haven't seen any of that. Like, so oh, no, we, you saw the, uh, oh, you mean coming into. Yeah, the, okay, like, y'all have been saying this about me. And the media so going, what is this like that what are you talking about? Like, is it, there somebody, you plugged in the LSU, is there somebody locally that's maybe harsh criticizing nah, the ladies? I haven't seen it, but, but what it reminded me, Stan, is of the night Georgia won the national championship. Mm-hmm. what we heard from some of their players, everyone doubted us. Everyone picked this. And I'm going, who in the <laughs> hell picked? No one down at Georgia. What are you talking about? And I think this goes back to the coaches. I think the coaches mm-hmm. do this crap. Kirby Coach Smart has done it at, at Georgia. Nick Saban has done it at Alabama. And now I think Kim Mulkey's done it at LSU. She convinces her very talented, super loaded team, that everyone's out to get them, that no one believes in them. Rat that people think, yeah, she puts they put this in their heads, and these players come out and they're like, Yeah, everybody's been bashing me all year. Who's been everybody's been talking about how great a player you are. What are you talking about? Everybody's been bashing you. I mean, not to say there's not gonna be some seven, eight, nine, ten idiots on Twitter oh, for sure. that might come at you. And if that's, but that's the not case, everybody. Then sure. Yeah. But when they come out and you say, Yeah, everybody's been saying this about me, nobody said that about like Slow down here. But I think that goes back to the coaches. The the good coaches fill their talented, super talented players, fill their heads with, yeah, you know, nobody believes you can do this. You know, uh, yeah. this this website picked against you. This website picked you to lose, too. And it's like, man, like, okay, whatever you got to use for motivation, it worked.
2: So this is uh, Barstool. You, you mentioned Portnoy and, and some of his groups, over, some of his dudes over there. This is um, the Mark Titus Show. He says, Kim Mulkey needs to stop trying to make it all about her and let her players shine. But then Kim was very supportive uh, of coming to the defense of Angel, essentially saying, no, Angel Reese is speaking on behalf of how we feel. We felt like Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes and the historic run that she's performed in this tournament. We felt like it was a jab at us. So do you have an issue where we talk about sportsmanship from the player standpoint? Do you think Kim is maybe doing a little bit too much and making it more about her, the wardrobe, the antics on the sideline? She lost her mind on a blown call, which I thought should have been a foul yesterday. Do you think maybe you you talk about supporting her team and fueling the ladies and, and creating that competitive edge? But is it also working in reverse? Is this maybe making it more about her in a negative way is what i'm trying to get to
0: no i mean that's that's just who she is but i did find i mean like i don't know there's so many people out there who hate kim mulkey and it's just i don't know i find it odd i mean she is one of the best coaches out there and i think it's it's funny because Don staley's got it too it's like I, th- I wonder how much success has to do with it that we like people that get success but if they get too much success we turn negative. Mm. We start to go, oh, I don't like this guy. We saw it with LeBron. We saw it with Kobe. It's guys like, the first time they win it, oh man, what a great story. They win it again? Okay, cool. They win it a third time? All right, now you're winning too much for us. Now you're too good. Well, see, now but- we got
2: to knock you off the pedestal. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like And that's what, you know, the, the folks that have done this at a high level, I've heard them say, Stan, sports media, even sports
0: fans, like,
2: they build you up to knock let, you down. Let me
0: give you a guy I think it's going to happen with and right now, we Who's still that? everybody loves him. Patrick Mahomes just won a second Super Bowl. Everybody still likes Mahomes. Mm. He's still very likable. All this, I'm going to bet in the next two to three years, we flip that the contingent national media, national fans. I bet they he becomes the villain, and we start to dislike Pat Mahomes.
2: <sighs> but then there's going to be a contingent of people going to that say, "Wait a minute, and listen. Let's just call it what it is: the women's game is not as popular as the men's game overall." Right has the LSU Tigers and, and certainly Kim Mulkin, what she did at Baylor. But, like, have they... When we talk the women's game, we talk about South Carolina more than we talk about Tennessee's not there anymore, UConn hasn't been where they were. So, like, I'm just is talking LSU, individuals. I'm not talking okay, about LSU. I'm
0: just, like, Dawn Staley, who saw it herself after the game over the weekend. What's she doing? She's defending her team on right. stuff people are saying negative about her and the, and the program and all that. So, it's just, it's, it's, we like fun success stories in sports, but if you have too much success, you become a villain. It happened with Tom Brady, it happened with Aaron Rodgers. You become LeBron too James. good. You become too good. Yeah. We don't like you anymore. See, now look at this madness.
2: I'm looking at something, and if you're just tuning into the station or listening to the show, this is Next Up. I'm Stan Sportsman. That's Chris Gordy. Everybody across the country is having the same conversation about Caitlin Clark of Iowa, she has been very flamboyant, not just in her play, but, you know, in, in celebrating in emphatic fashion and letting people know that I'm nice with it.
0: Trash talking. Trash everything. talking,
2: exactly. So it happened to her yesterday and they got their doors blown off by a very talented, big, experienced, uh, well coached LSU Tigers team. Congratulations to the Lady Tigers. But everybody's like, how much celebrating or, you know, is it poor sportsmanship? Now, I, I do agree with with Angel Reese on this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just think the ladies game, they do take some criticisms. Uh, some of the outfits, some of the hair, the makeup, the flamboyant nails, you know, some of the language. I do think, you know me, Gordy, there are layers to how we criticize certain people. Uh, certain genders, and I do think there's this...
0: What I want to call it, Gordon? There's this... There was a racial component to this, too. <laughs> this I mean, is where I'm driving at. Kaylin Clark was a fun, white girl who can shoot it like Steph Curry. From Iowa. And and, and people who don't watch women's basketball might have fallen in love with that storyline the last mm-hmm. week. Oh, look at this... Girl, and I'm sure some bit like my buddies. Like, I think she's cute. Like, so she's you know a kind of cute white the, the girl who could shoot. Girl next and she's door, take, and she's taking women's basketball by storm. People fell in love sure. with that. So I can see where people watched that yesterday. And who's this Angel Reese girl getting in her face and flashing her, who, point, at her girl point at her finger? Her finger, finger. finger. Yeah. yeah. So I think the casuals, yeah, there were some people who maybe took it that way. But again, you're telling me you didn't follow. Caitlin Clark throughout the year at Iowa because she was as flamboyant and trash talking. She jumped on the table when they beat South Carolina the other night and did it, you know, roared at the crowd and was talking trash. I mean, she is as showy as it gets. But this is where the head coach
2: in Kim Mulkey, because you like part of the coach is to have the players, hey, because we're now in front of more eyeballs than we have been all year, perhaps Kim Mulkey has to say, be mindful of. Of your body language, your mannerisms, like be more mindful. You want a championship,
0: you You can do whatever the hell you want. You just that was the final seconds of the game and Angel Reese did that. We just won a championship. Do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I, I didn't think it crossed it the line with class. Yeah. Put your head down and go shake your opponent's hand. No. When she's been flamboyed the whole way, she's gonna get it back in her face.
2: See, look at this. This is another uh public what? this is another publication. Save your angel Reese disdain for LSU's shoulder
0: devil, Kim Mulkey. That's what's being written. I don't by why. That's Kim the headline of hate, one of the notable sites. They hate Kim Mulkey for some reason. But I'll say this. Nothing is funnier than Caitlin Clark being asked about a game, And uh, she said, yeah, I didn't really see it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of ironic? She you couldn't can't see, see me. It.
2: She couldn't see it. <laughs> I see what you did there. What will we see over at NRG tonight? The college basketball world. All eyes go over to NRG, San Diego State. And UConn, a five and a four seed, get it going to see who will be the 2023 men's national champion. And you can get paid in 2023 by going over to BUSR.com slash iHeart, where not only can you fill your tournament needs, for gaming, if you will. They got NFL, Gordy. We talked about Astros earlier this hour. You can do some MLB betting as well by
0: going to BUSR.com slash iHeartChrisGordy. Yeah, and this is the perfect time to get in ahead of the uh, the championship tonight. They have got all kinds of stuff up there for you. And uh, again, go check them out at BUSR. Make sure you put the slash iHeart because that's going to get you special sign-up bonuses uh, that you take part in. However much you want to put in, they're going to match that when you sign up. I'm looking at right now. San Diego State now up to a seven and a half point underdog. Sheesh. Plus 300 on the money line. So if you think San Diego State can pull off this upset against UConn tonight, you can make some bank at plus 300 at busr.com slash iHeart.
2: There it is. We step aside. We come back. We get ready to hand things over to the Matt Thomas Show. Final 6 Don't cry. So all right, Houston, name of the show is next up. Stan Northfleet here. It's my man Gordy right there, Trey Campbell. Appreciate to all of you for tweeting into the show. Uh, a couple phone calls today as well. We get ready to hand you over to Matt Thomas and Ross Villarreal, which be taking you till 3 o'clock, excuse me, and then that's when we'll hear from the A-team. So I um, had a good time hanging out with my man Gordy today. It was a really, really long weekend. I mean, I think I, I went to, I did not go to Toyota Center, but I was at least downtown around Toyota Center. Did make it by Minute made for opening day, as you know, Gordy. Bayou Place had a college slam dunk and three-point contest. Went over there and hung out with some people. I mean, I was bouncing around. uh Ham was crazy. The Galleria was stupid. So Houston, everything that, that the visitors have shared with me, uh, because this is still some people's like first time hanging out in Houston. And some people haven't done an event, a big event like this in Houston. They haven't done All-Star Super Bowl and the like. So Houston should be really proud, Gordy, of what they've done and facilitating that. Um, with three teams in the men's Final Four for the first time, FAU, San Diego State, and Miami, I did see the fan bases represented relatively well. So... Hats off. Kudos to Houston for doing a really good job. Ton of stuff. Lakers and Rockets last night, Friday night. Um, you had Pistons were in town. Just a lot of stuff going on, man.
0: Yeah, it's a busy week. Rough came up short yesterday. Got Astros, uh, you know, still in town, taking on Detroit. So it's, yeah, it, this thing is going to continue on here and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is also Masters week. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, looking at the coverage now. As somebody said, it's Jim Nance week. This is the, uh, you know, this is his last is it, championship yeah. he's calling tonight, but it's the the famous week where he will call a men's national championship tonight on CBS mm-hmm. and 72 hours later be part of the Masters coverage on right. CBS. So always a fun uh, week for him. But it's I a did gig see if you can get it. Go ahead. <laughs> ominous weather in Augusta this weekend. They are calling for showers on Saturday and Sunday with, I believe, a high of 54 on Saturday and 64 on Sunday. So cold, wet, and rainy not great, but uh, Tiger Woods is out there. So he got there yesterday afternoon, started uh, his practice round, 25th start in the Masters for Tiger Woods. So
2: he's under 89 in Augusta National, the best
0: record of any golfer at that course. Even, pretty good. Even with a bad back, bad foot, bad legs, all this stuff. He just always plays his course well. So Tiger
2: has not recorded a top twenty finish in a major since winning the Masters in nineteen, the longest drought of his career. So uh, that's one of the things. It, someone asked me one time, is that like a bucket list item for me, going to, going to the Masters? I'm not an avid golfer. I you don't. You lived in Charlotte. It's not far from Augusta, right? No, you can get to Augusta in a couple of hours. Yeah. yeah, it's like two. Almost it's like 2.5, right. something like that. Oh yeah, there you go. Thursday, fifty five percent chance. Friday, eighty eight. Saturday,
0: eighty two. Sunday, sixty percent chance. Yeah, look, look at Saturday, high of fifty three. Eighty two percent chance of rain. Yuck. I, don't, I, I mean, we're going to be playing on Monday. That's that's what that's telling me. They're going to suspend play at some point. We're going to we won't finish this thing till, till Monday of next week. Speaking of
2: whether roof was open. Roof was closed at Minute made on Thursday. Was the roof open this weekend at Minute Maid? No.
0: No, shut it down. Yeah,
2: they they never had the thing open. The, you were telling, you and I were kicking it around. You said the players don't like it, right? Uh, it,
0: they, they say the wind comes in and it just throws off all types of stuff. All of them. pitchers and, and the and the hitters all prefer to be closed. So we'll, we may I don't know there may be a day or two we get some cold fronts coming through. We may get one or two days where it gets open, but typically that's about it. It's it's usually closed year round. And, and look, it it keeps in the sound. It was loud all weekend. Give the fans credit. Awesome. Uh, attendance forty thousand fans. I think every game of the weekend for oh, the I, Astros. Yeah, I
2: figured it would be with the first series of the year.
0: And I did see this note a little while ago from Jeff Passan. He tweeted out the first four days of the MLB season by the numbers stand. At, at this point, a year ago, we'd played forty nine games. At this point, this year, we would play fifty games. Average time of games a year ago at this point three hours and nine minutes. It's too long. Average time of games this point this year two hours thirty eight minutes. So we are getting about 30 minutes less gameplay this year. And I'm here for it. And the batting averages are up from 230 a year ago to 245. Stolen base percentage up from 67 to 83%. So we got movement. We got more action. Yeah. All good for the sport.
2: I, I totally, totally agree. And again, for the casual baseball folks like myself, I can give you a couple hours. I can't be giving you three and a half hours of baseball. I don't love it that much.
0: And I'll tell you this: it's affecting the broadcast team too. I was listening to some of the game yesterday on the radio. They come back from break. Robert Ford goes, and uh, welcome back. Chas McCormick stares at a pitch. Oh one, like he's the action was already happening Soon as they, came they out of come the break. right back from break. Yeah. yeah,
2: I like that. Appreciate those uh, the good people and those guys that are on the call for. Houston Astros Baseball as we at Sports Talk 790 are your home for Astros Baseball. the good stuff out of you today. We get ready to step aside. Thanks so much to Trey Campbell. Thanks to all of you for being a part of the show. Matt Thomas comes your way here momentarily. Enjoy college basketball tonight. Enjoy the Houston Astros as well. And God will, we'll do it again tomorrow. I'll try and get my voice together. I need some more green tea. It was a long weekend. Thanks so much, man. We'll see y'all. This has been the mighty Sports Talk 790. name of the show is called Next Up.